So you want me to start, Daniel? Go for it, bro. All right. Hello, and welcome to Passion Fruits, the passion project for passionate people. I am your apricot, Adam. And I'm your peach, Daniel. <laughs> and I'm your blue... Oh, am I supposed to go? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Should we do that again? I'm supposed no, to... I, can, I can edit that out. Don't worry. We can keep going. Um, we'll introduce you. Uh, hold on, guest. You're a little too eager <laughs> to hop on here. I know we've been talking for an hour and you're probably sick of us, but... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, this is about me. It's time for me to talk. Right. We get it, Lauren. Like, you we're never having musicians on ever again. Man. Exactly. Hey, you you Adam, know that about musicians. We're all narcissists. Yeah. Adam, can we have a sidebar real quick? Uh, I don't know why uh, we invited Lauren on. <laughs> She's just been mean to us so far. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, welcome to Passion Fruits, a passion project for passionate people. What are we talking about today, Adam? On this podcast, we talk about uh, a great many things. Mm -hmm. And more specifically, we talk about stories and what takes someone from being a casual fan of something to becoming a passionate fanatic of that thing or noun or activity. What uh, insert, insert vocabulary, vocabulary word here. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Normally, I would have made a very crass joke there, but uh, this is a warning to everybody. <laughs> this is a family-friendly episode, our very first one. I hope you enjoy it. Um, tell your kids, tell your wives, tell your uh, preacher that this is the passion fruits that everybody can listen to. Uh, yes, Adam, so <laughs> we may not have challenging words, but we will have challenging subjects. So yes, we uh, kind of talk about subjects that people are passionate about, that we are passionate about, that our guests are passionate about to try and get to what was the inspiration from them becoming just a kind of fan of something to very obsessive about that subject. Um, and today we have a very special guest on for part two of our Americana music series. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, guest? Hey, everybody, I'm Blueberry Lauren. <laughs> Hi, Blueberry Lauren. Thank you so much for having, uh, for having us on your podcast. Lauren has taken over. You told me to choose a fruit, and uh, <laughs> no, so that's the first job. one that popped into my mind. <laughs> no, that was perfect. It's summertime. Berries are in season. The Why living's not? easy. Um, living's easy. Uh, so, yes, Lauren is a accomplished Americana musician here to join us uh, and talk to us about her, her passion for Americana, folk, and country music. Would you like to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about yourself, Lauren? Sure. I am an Americana roots rock singer-songwriter in the D.C. area, and I just released my third EP called Wildfire. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm here to talk about that, to talk about my love of American roots music, which is now referred to as Americana. It's kind of envelops the whole spectrum of American roots music. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to chat with you guys about this. Awesome. 
Well, we know why you're here, Lauren, is just to promote your EP. You don't, we don't even know you. You just kind of like, you hacked our Zoom call and just were like, you guys yeah. record Let podcast. me talk about my music. <laughs> yeah. um, Please. So yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll be talking about, and that's a good kind of um, segue segue mm -hmm. into our uh, discussion of Americana and Roots music into kind of what is Roots music. We kind of talked about it with our first Americana episode, more leaning towards bluegrass because we talked about Allison Cross and the Good Time Boys. I forget their name. Good, Union Station. Union Station, yeah, yeah. Uh, good Time Boys, Union Station, <laughs> same thing. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Uh, Adam has sighed 50 times already. This, this uh, is this is pretty par for the course, Lauren. It's yeah. Daniel making bad jokes and me just sighing into uh, the microphone. So. Hilarious jokes. <laughs> so good, good dynamic. Yeah, exactly. Good dynamic, guys. So, so Lauren, kind of as we dive in, like in our last episode, I gave kind of my soliloquy on like why I really liked Americana, and and as Daniel said, it was more my perspective on, I guess, yeah blue bluegrass-esque type music um but you know one of the things that uh that, that we had you do before you came on was you sent over a, a list of some of your your favorite artists and tracks and such and obviously you know we've listened mm -hmm. to your ep numerous times um kind of leading up to this episode um so so i we we would like to get the conversation started off with you know just how did you get into music and how did you start your career i guess how 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 did you become a musician and how did you start your career as a musician more specifically sure so actually when i first started playing guitar when i was 15 I wasn't listening to Americana really at all. Though I can say now that the artists that I was listening to had their roots in American roots. Um, you know, I, I was listening to, I think we're all kind of around the same age. So I was listening mm -hmm. to, you know, early 2000s, angsty girl, sort of pop rock. Oh, yeah. I mean, music. Whoops. Heck yeah. <laughs> H-E double hockey stick. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I was listening to like Avril Lavigne and, and Cheryl Crow, who's actually, she's, she's very rootsy. She's, she's yeah. the most Americana of, of all these, um, of all the people I was listening to. Michelle Branch. Uh, I was, I, I learned how to play their songs that's what kind of get gave me the itch to um to sing and play an instrument at the same time that was kind of the whole impetus was to express myself that way because I'd played an instrument and I had been singing but never combined the two until I was 15 and then made a career I feel like now I'm starting to finally make a legitimate career out of it but before I was you know just I mean, I still am very much in the local DC scene and do some minimal touring. And that all started when I started going to open mics in Arlington, Virginia, uh, at the now unfortunately defunct IOTA hmm. Club and Cafe. And it was there that I started 
singing my own songs on stage. And that's where I met a bunch of musicians and kind of got involved in the community from there. And, and this is a little bit of a clarifying question. So you kind of classify yourself as kind of a, a Americana musician. How would you define that genre of music? And did you, did you naturally gravitate towards that? Or, or, or was it a conscious decision of like, this is the type of music that I like and therefore mm. I'm going to play? Hmm. So now that I've been playing and listening to Americana music, I would say specifically intentionally for about a decade. And like I said, I think the, the stuff I was listening to before, the stuff that was playing in the house, stuff that I listened to purposefully, I think was rootsy in nature. That all informed my uh, first songs. But the way I would describe Americana is, I think it's becoming a less specific helpful name for a genre than it used to be um kind of like what alternative was in the 90s (laughs) and early 2000s how (laughs) you know you would describe a band as alternative and you think about that now and you're it's ridiculous yeah it's ridiculous to call a band alternative because now there's been all these branches and more specific genres that have come out like indie pop and you know folk noir and i mean there's there's so many different qualifiers now so i would say that americana is an umbrella term that refers to like what you're talking about bluegrass music it refers Mm -hmm. to bluegrass country folk blues Mm -hmm. and some combination of them all so it's not a purist genre it is a fusion of one two or more of those styles i i find that interesting because you know on maybe not on the opposite end of the spectrum but uh, well two two things is it reminds me of uh interviews i've heard like dave grohl the foo fighters and he always talks Mm -hmm. about how they how they have uh how the 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 grammy convention or whatever has them on to play for like the rock thing and he was like i think it's just because there are no like rock bands left they've mm-hmm. all kind of scattered off into their little subgenres, and we're like the only rock band that's left <laughs> that's willing to play they're the um, only recognizable hmm. rock band yeah <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah like with, interesting yeah yeah but with your description it, it i find that interesting because like it seems to be a very inclusive genre if you will whereas um like Daniel and I listen to a lot of metal, which is inclusive to a certain extent, but it is amazing how many people will uh, parse out very subtle differences in the quote unquote metal scene and be like, that's mm-hmm. not this type of metal. It's that type of metal. And I, they, they, they form their identity around that, which I find fascinating and weird mm. for such a little subgenre of music but oh my gosh there's there's such a cult following too i mean it's like a whole brand totally yeah. associate a, like a lifestyle brand right. I, I mean people's <laughs> people's yeah their whole instagram accounts will just be shades of black and white <laughs> I, it, it's, don't look at adam's know. instagram account because that's all it is. that's yeah that's exactly my instagram account. mostly because he, yeah, he's a like big a, fan of insane clown posse but oh okay okay well yeah right after this i'm checking out your instagram yes. <laughs> sounds him, highly entertaining whoop whoop adam right whoop, oh whoop. man <laughs>
Well, that's that's kind of been like what's interesting about doing this Americana, this Americana series with you, Lauren, and Adam is that Adam has been focusing a lot on the bluegrass, but as you have, as we've talked about, and with your playlist, Lauren, kind of what you've, what you have shown us as kind of your favorite Americana or your favorite inspirations for you as an artist. So on your playlist, there were some bands that I know like very well, like Deer Tick, Mm -hmm. Drive By Truckers, Mm -hmm. Gary Clark Jr. And like, it's all Americana except Gary Clark Jr.'s blues, like Drive By Truckers Mm -hmm. is country rock. Deer Tick is folk rock. So it's, it's been, it's weird thing. Like you talked about your early inspirations, like Avril Lavigne, like there's nothing more punk than bluegrass. Like there's nothing more punk than folk music. Like that's like the first kind of punk music was like Merle Haggard, uh-huh. like just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, saying boo you to the man. <laughs> I'm trying to be family friendly. <laughs> boo you to the man. Um <laughs> Which has given like so much inspiration to punk and it like just like and to all bands it's just it's so it's very difficult kind of parsing out what Americana is but I really have enjoyed Mm -hmm. the playlist that you created and the playlist that Adam has created because it's helped me discover other artists that I would think like okay like I'm gonna go find out these guys because I really like their sound and like I never would have thought of these as Americana they're just kind of like rock to me but it kind of all traces back to Americana because Americana has inspired like blues musicians and rock musicians and folk musicians and everybody. So it's, it's difficult. Like, like you were saying, it's kind of like a broad umbrella that now people are just like, everybody Mm -hmm. can like Adam and I are Americana artists because we've created an American, American podcast. (laughs) Oh boy. Top of the Americana (laughs) charts and (laughs) Spotify. So, uh, Lauren has an EP out. It's called Wildfire. It is on all streaming platforms. It's on iTunes. Are you on Bandcamp? What are you on, Lauren? I don't think I've updated my Bandcamp yet with this specific EP, though I do have my old, older two previous ones on there. But yeah, I'm on um, basically anywhere else cool. yeah, <laughs> that you awesome. can download and stream music. Yeah. yeah. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon. Dope. that kind of thing awesome yeah huh? so i'm i'm very curious lauren um kind of as as we work our way through through to from from when you started to where you are now when you mentioned you you started out playing at open mic nights in arlington um and mm-hmm. and what does that transformation look like from then until now where obviously you have a couple eps out you have a publicist which you're, once again you're very <laughs> impressed by um what <laughs> how has that evolved and like your experience in the music industry as an Americana artist, what, what has that experience been like for you? Hmm. So actually there's a pretty sizable or a pretty distinct Americana scene in DC. Um, DC has a lot of roots in, in country and bluegrass and in Americana. So it's good being an Americana artist in DC is really great for that reason. Uh, in fact, there are a few smaller venues that specifically cater toward the Americana scene. Uh, one, unfortunately, recently closed not because of COVID, but for other reasons. Gypsy Sally's, which is 
a reference to a Towns Van Zandt song in uh, Tecumseh Valley. They specialized in, you know, had, had Americana bands primarily play there. And then there's Pearl Street Warehouse in DC, which is on the wharf, which is kind of an up and coming area in the city. They also book bands that are in that vein as well. So it's, it's, I don't know, I feel fortunate being in a, in a city where the local scene isn't so saturated like New York City or Nashville, or LA, something like that. But we still have all these great venues that fortunately that still book local bands either as openers or, you know, to, to, to fill out a, a night somewhere. And yeah, it's, it's always easy to find other Americana bands to, to fill out a bill with. And um, yeah, so it's a, it's a great community. There are a lot of great Americana bands in the area. So I can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> so well, with we would the- let you complain on the show if you wanted to. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay. That's good. All right, here we go. <laughs> this is, this Open is the up safe the space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in that case. All right, Daniel, so, I don't like the shirt you're wearing. And Adam, <laughs> I think you're being a pain in the butt. <laughs> no, so, no. That it was, it's, now, as a singer-songwriter, Lauren, are you now, and forgive my ignorance, but do you, when you play gigs, do you play solo or do you, are you up there with a the band? Um, both. Uh, and actually to throw in another configuration, uh, I normally perform as a duo with a guitarist. Okay. Um, and that is because recently or before live music stopped, <laughs> and I was doing a bit more traveling just to New York City or to Baltimore or something like that. And so it's just easier to bring along a guitarist. Plus, obviously more economical though um i do have a full band i've had many iterations of my full band as is pretty characteristic of the singer songwriter world where you kind of just have a list of hired guns that you can call on Mm -hmm. uh but actually recently a couple maybe a year and a half ago two years ago i guess at this point Um, I had an all-female band and that was something that I purposefully did because it was a dream of mine I'd always wanted to do that and I guess it took me like five or six years to finally get to know enough players where I put together my dream team and actually all those women performed on my EP and we were all in the studio together Um, so the backing band basically pretty much everything is played by a woman except for a few electric guitar like lead parts gotcha cool yeah that is so awesome awesome. so Um, yeah it's a little fun tidbit about the ep (laughs) Um, (laughs) that not many people know so yeah having kind of known you for a little while lauren and going like seeing you grow I, i could literally talk to you for hours about your inspiration and the music that you play but with how you've kind of changed as an artist and kind of on that same point of playing with a band, playing kind of solo or just playing with a guitarist, like, have you found that your 
what you're listening to has influenced your EPs or even your live shows to say, well, I would love to, you know, this, this direction I'm going to go is just going to be me and a guitarist, or this direction I'm going to go is going to be an all women band, or this direction I'm going to go is just going to be me. Like has, mm-hmm. what artists, I guess, or how have you been inspired to kind of change those directions? How have you mm-hmm. kind of stayed that malleable, I guess? How have you, what has inspired you to change direction and change course a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I, I would say that my, my three EPs that have come out, I, I would say have evolved in a way where I am evolving with or growing in my songwriting and arranging and also production. Mm. So I think that those are the ways that I've been growing most. And then, but yeah, specific to musical influences, I always, yeah, um, I never write songs thinking that they're going to be a part of a single concept or be connected to some kind of overarching theme, mm-hmm. which is why I think I haven't released a full length album yet. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, when I write a song, it's tends to be unto itself. And mm-hmm. uh, so, and then it, it kind of comes about randomly. Sometimes it, it, it comes out like a bluesy riff, like shock time I wrote mm-hmm. on lap steel. Cool which is something I started playing more in Run Come See. I think you saw Run yeah. Come See show, yeah, Daniel. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so that was, being a, being a part of that band was hugely growing, or a growing experience for me because, um, yeah, I was able to play more lead. I was able mm-hmm. to play an instrument that previously I just dabbled with. Mm-hmm. And that I went from that to like, playing it on stage and recording with it and and then also being able to play come up with parts for other people's songs and as a singer songwriter I just never had that experience so now that I think about it yeah being a part of that band has helped me arrange my own songs better Mm -hmm. has made me a better songwriter has made me a better musician um and then also since being a part of Run Come See, I met my now fiance John, who Woo! has a very—I <laughs> know the rest is history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we—I mean, I would consider him under the umbrella of Americana, the mm-hmm. music he writes, because he has that rockabilly, cow punk, mm-hmm. as they call it style about his music um and he's hugely influenced by classic country Mm. music like hank williams and merle haggard as you mentioned earlier so he has this very distinctive style and when i first heard it i i couldn't place it i just you know it was just completely outside my musical vocabulary and Mm. what i knew americana to be so through him i have listened to more i'd say punk music or grunge music though of course i listen to that 
in in the 90s you know but revisiting a lot of that and Mm. then also he he has opened my mind to listening to different things other than just female americana singer songwriters which i think is what i was listening to more when i was first writing music gotcha and 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 now i'm really i feel like now um I've actually been been writing some since the release of Wildfire and these songs are I think more you just I, I they're more yeah I guess I just be because these are new songs I just haven't like articulated these this to anyone yet but um yeah I think I'm finally finding a voice finally finding the subject matter I want to write about mm. sing about though you know I've been I've been writing about, you know, kind of feminist issues or mm-hmm. sort of socio-political issues, you know, family family stories, yeah. fam- family dynamics, mm-hmm. stuff like that, dabbling in that as well. Well, and one of the songs on your EP, your latest EP, Wildfire, available on all platforms now, it's um, She Loves Waterfalls. It's about your mother, correct? I think I remember yes. that from one of your recent live streaming concerts. Yes. Mm-hmm. If we if we want to, we could play that and we can start getting into your playlist, Lauren. Okay, great. So Lauren, as we're waiting for Daniel Daniel to pull, pull up Spotify, I somewhat random question for you, but did your parents listen to a lot of music when you were young and kind of hanging around the house? And and if so, what type of music did they listen to? Yeah, so that's interesting. This is something I've been reflecting on a lot recently is that, yeah, there was music constantly playing in the house. And my dad had just the most eclectic taste in music. And I don't think even he would have realized it had it not been for, I don't know if you guys remember, but those, those uh, memberships that you could get to, to CD to CD distribution companies. And so you could sign up for like 99 cents or a penny. It's like Columbia records, like CD club. You could sign up and you get like 500 CDs. (laughs) Exactly. For like a, exactly for a penny, for a dollar, you could get like 25 CDs. And then my dad was so good at this. He would just like he was like a millennial before a millennial was a thing, right? Just get get the latest subscription, get the benefits from it, and then just cancel and go to the next one. That's exactly what my dad would do. Really? Yes. Yeah. He, he, See, he, he, we had smart dads. Uh, my dad's <laughs> sticking more of it a, to the man. My dad's yeah. more of a cheapskate, and uh, <laughs> that's, but, that's yes. sticking okay, it to the that, man in a different way. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably that's that's where my dad got it from too, for, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely more of like a cheapskate thing. But but he would just like he had the the biggest curiosity for just whatever kind of music, I guess, because you're not paying $15 for, you're not paying 10, whatever it was at the time for an album. So he would buy classical jazz, classic rock, of course, which, which was a favorite of his, you know, like Tom Petty or CCR, Bruce Springsteen, he loved, but 
also he was into like my brother's music too and grunge rock uh, from the 90s and then he would also have like singer songwriters soul music he loved powerhouse female vocalists that's where i first heard janice joplin and whitney houston and mariah carey was my favorite singer and my dad got me her first cd and um he was just into everything so we we had just this array of music playing throughout the house playing in the house on any given day and i think subconsciously that always that influenced my music because it's allowed me to keep an open mind and not only that but just I get bored if I'm listening to the same music over and over again so even though I'm an Americana artist I guess Daniel when you said you know I have Gary Clark Jr. in there Mm -hmm. or or, or Punch Brothers you know which is like you know they're all bluegrass musicians but Mm -hmm. they started this very progressive bluegrass band where they where Chris Steely would compose classical compositions with an all bluegrass band you know things like that were I'm I, I'm constantly like searching for or wanting to listen to wanting to engross myself in music that is challenging music that isn't just playing the same thing that's already been done time right, and time yeah. again yeah I mean like even like seeing daniel present his screen and just looking at the artists that you have on there yeah you made it sound so official adam oh no we had a ceremony it was like a quinceanera (laughs) i presented my screen to you (laughs) uh, that's why i was so curious and and the reason i asked that question is because you know you I, i think you know if we had a different americana artist on or or you asked different people you know their definition would would be um, similar but probably different and yours just seems to to encompass a lot of different artists like Alabama Shakes obviously has a very unique sound like you would never confuse mm. an Alabama Shakes song for a Gary Clark Jr. song or for an Emmylou Harris song mm-hmm. and so I think that's that's the that was uh it's fascinating to hear about your like the first impressions of like musical variety with your father and, mm. and yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to see how that's played out, even when you've selected this playlist for us. But yeah, I won't take up any more time uh, from <laughs> actually playing your music. <laughs> no, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, so why don't we play uh, one of Lauren's songs off her latest EP, Wildfire, available everywhere, called She Loves Waterfalls. <laughs> was your uh, kind of inspiration for this song so this song is inspired by a photo my mom sent to me and my brothers when she was out with her now husband her her second marriage and they were driving along in the in the mountains of west virginia and they came across this waterfall and a lookout spot and they parked their car and um, 
my mom's husband took this photo of my mom standing in front of a waterfall. And that's the photo that she ended up sending to my brothers and me. And now that she's remarried, she has found joy and a new way in her life. And the, the photo at the time seemed to encapsulate that for me. Um, it really moved me and it made me think about our time as a family and the the different difficulties we went through and you know as moms are wont to do to put their families on their back and she certainly did that with us and took the brunt of a lot of things and so the song oh and the the chord progression in the song is the first one I ever learned and my mom actually taught it to me on her guitar of cool. uh, her college guitar so there's a lot of cool things about this song that I hadn't really planned. Um, I just sat down to write a song and I thought about that chord progression. And, and then of course it centers around the waterfall, the, which of course was a part of the photo, but became mm. a metaphor for my mom finding joy again mm. um, and being whole again um, in her, in her, um, new marriage. So it was, yeah, it was one of those songs that came out in a night and that rarely happens for me. Uh, or I think as I'm told, or as I've heard from other songwriters too, Mm. it, 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 you know, something, a song is special when it comes out like that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. It was, my mom likes it, so that's all I care about. <laughs> that's always good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your, your mom then didn't she go. Did it, yeah. Your mom didn't go, oh, could you play an Avril Levine cover <laughs> for me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I prefer Skater Boy. <laughs> yeah. but... Go back to your pop punk phase, please. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure she misses that. God. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that that's great lord yeah on, on the opposite side of things um, my mother listened to a couple episodes of our podcast and she told me don't quit your day job <laughs> what? Oh my God. A, a wonderfully Brutal. supportive mother <laughs> well thank you lauren again that song is she loves waterfalls it is found on lauren calves new ep uh wildfire available everywhere streaming itunes everywhere is there looking at the playlist now, I guess, and let me know if you want me to scroll up or anything. Um, is there yeah, a song I, I got that it pulled you, up too. Is there a song that you would like to play to kind of get the discussion going? Because of course there are a couple songs that I've made notes about that I mm-hmm. aren't bands that I've listened to and kind of talked about on this show. Um, but yeah, is there a song that you would like to play and talk about? Sure. Yeah. I, I was hesitant to put, well, I would say I was very intentional about what I put on here because mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to put anything that would be labeled specifically country or specifically blues, though those two genres and the artists therein do influence me a lot. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to put, like the oldest artists I wanted to put on there are ones that I think started the Americana movement. Um, Though it's not like they played together, they were like hanging out together at the same time playing the same shows, but um, they were starting to fuse, like I was saying in the beginning in my definition, they're starting to fuse 
different characteristics of American roots music. So I would mm. say that Graham Parsons is and Flying Burrito Brothers too. They were of course kind of the beginning of Southern rock or not, they're actually in the West Coast, but they kind of started the old country sound. Mm. But I having Emmylou Harris on there as well. It wasn't quite country. It wasn't quite rock. Mm. Um, it had storytelling elements like you see in the folk tradition. Mm. So I say I would start with Graham Parsons because I think that's a good place to start when you think about the beginnings of Americana. Gotcha. So this is Ooh Las Vegas featuring mm -hmm. Emmylou Harris, Graham Parsons. Uh and have this uh, song on our podcast. <laughs> um, I, that's one thing that we've kind of talked about in the Americana episodes that we've had and talking with you about it is the storytelling aspect of these artists and how mm -hmm. the, um, and uh, well, like this song, you know, it isn't much of a story. It's not like, like some of these songs is like a very clear beginning middle and end but like this is just like it's the whole point of them was telling stories about um stories to entertain people to relate to people to and that it goes back to the tradition when you know recorded music wasn't even around when people were just playing for families and small social gatherings was trying to tell a story to relate to people but like this is just uh uh, it really reminds me of Elvis too. Um, mm, kind of that yeah. glitzy, uh, glitzy kind of country um, that he kind of became known for. Um, but sorry, talk, what kind of got this? What kind of inspired you with this song? Yeah, I, I mean that's so interesting that you bring up Elvis because I think yeah he was kind of the original Americana artist. I mean because mm. when you think about Elvis, he kind of stood on his own at the time where no one was combining soul and blues music and country music like that. I mean, mm. Hank Williams was singing blues covers, but in a very much country style, Elvis mm. was fusing these into a personal style. Graham Parsons was like a party. I mean, all shoot. You talk like you, you hear about anything of these like country artists, they were all, insane partiers and they were like true rock and rollers yeah my god i mean you think of the rock and roll lifestyle like graham parsons was he was a rock star but he was in mm. a country band and 
I believe even had Elvis's backing band traveling with him, recording with him, I know for sure. But I just see him distinctly separate from specific country artists. Hmm. At the time on the West Coast, you know, well, I think of the Laurel Canyon as well. That's where Neil Young was, Crosby, Hmm. Stills, and Nash. Um, Joni Mitchell. And I think a lot of that music had its root in the folk tradition. Mm-hmm. And before it was dubbed this, the singer-songwriter kind of genre. But it was very rootsy music. Mm-hmm. Like Buffalo Springfield, even though it was a little psychedelic, was very rootsy. So, and, and Neil Young is one I thought about putting on here because he's he is one of my biggest influences but it's so hard to just to see him apart from classic rock Mm -hmm. i think but i think he is he is in my mind an americana artist Mm. and i mean dylan too even Mm. um so but again i didn't put them on here because they have strong there's such strong connotations as Mm. to Plus, they're just so singular, but I mainly wanted to focus on what American artists are doing now, but I did include Graham Parsons, Bonnie Raitt, Emmylou Harris, and then um, there were these guys in, in Texas and in Nashville, like Towns Van Zant, Guy Clark, John mm. Prime, and they're not quite country and the classic term. Mm. And again, I would, I would think of that. I do think of them as Americana artists. And again, as that's in that singer songwriter genre, but it was a very specific time where these amazing, amazing songwriters and storytellers. I mean, I I don't know what was in the water, what was going on at that time because that uh, they were all hanging out too. Like, Guy Clark, Towns Van Zandt, especially like Steve Earle, I put on there too. Yeah. These just amazing songwriters and they were all rooted in that folk tradition. Like Poncho and Lefty is such a classic song from Towns Van Zandt. Um, Would you like to, should we play that? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be great. Awesome. And well, that's an interesting, well, Adam, did you have any thoughts on that song? Mm -mm. Well, I, I, just thoughts on the, on the playlist in general. Like I, I, and and this is a question to you, Lauren, but it seems like you, you curated this to a certain extent, as far as like intention as to what came first and and how the playlist playlist progressed. Am I off base with that? I would say that I I wanted it to start with Graham Parsons Mm -hmm. and then the next song by Robert Ellis. He is a contemporary. I think he's slightly younger than me. Mm-hmm. And he is, I think, one of the most exciting Americana artists right now, gotcha. in my opinion. Um, so I wanted to have someone and someone representing the the start of um, the Americana genre when though that wasn't a term then. I, mm. It's more of a mm-hmm. more of a contemporary term. Um, but then also then then right after having a song by someone who is writing music now, who is doing really exciting things in Americana now. 
Yeah, I really like that. So maybe those only two <laughs> were intentional. <laughs> yeah, but I did try and sprinkle, <laughs> then try and alternate, you know, for, at that point. Like, mm. alternate Towns Van Zandt with Nico Case, alternate yeah. mm-hmm. Guy Clark with uh, Jenny Lewis, you know, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's D- Daniel has uh, on many occasions professed himself to be an album person and like mm. adhering to the the linearity of an album. So I, mm-hmm. I, I always, it was hearing yeah. you say like your creative process and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm misquoting you, <laughs> your own words, <laughs> but like, like how you, how you write songs weren't, weren't necessarily in the concept of like putting them in order into an album at this point in time. Is that correct ish? <laughs> Sorry, say that again. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, yeah. it was, it was more around. Um, Sorry. So Daniel has been very album focused and very linear, um, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you have not uh, like your, your creative process as far as how you envision putting, putting together an EP or an album, like, like wh- where's that, Where's linearity within that creative process for you from a writing I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's no, that's a great question. No, Uh, that's a great question. What does time mean to you, Lauren? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a great question because yeah, since I haven't, um, I haven't come out with a full length album. Yeah. When I arrange songs on an EP, I mainly think of, is this song more country-like? Is this more blues? Is this up-tempo? Is this a ballad? So I try and organize it that way so that if you are listening to it from start to finish, which to your point, not many people do these days, that there is intention, even if the album is not tied to a certain concept. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Um, so why don't we play um, Towns, Van Zant, Poncho, and Lefty, and then Adam, if you wanted to discuss a song. I would like to talk about Robert Ellis's song, Houston, at some point, because that was just so crunchy that I loved it. Um, mm. But let's, awesome. play Pon- let's play Poncho and Lefty and to get mo- kind of more of that traditional uh, Americana, and then Adam, if you want to talk about a song, we can do that. Living on the road, my friend What's gonna keep you free and clean? Now you wear your skin like iron And your breath's as hard as kerosene You weren't your mama's only boy But her favorite one, it seems She began to cry when you said goodbye sank into your dreams well poncho was a bandit voice sorry that part where he goes a little bit deeper when he saw talks about you sank into your dreams that always gets me i love really love that uh, kind of chord change he does with his voice gives me chills sorry oh my gosh yes this is so good yes this i know this song is one of the best songs of all time yeah it's and it's again that's kind of talking about the americano we've listened to and i've listened to and kind of and the not the well the americana that i've i guess now technically 
define as Americana, like Deer Tick or Gary Clark Jr. Um, and it, it just goes back to the stories that they're telling. And I just love the story in this song. Um, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll play it a little bit louder so people can hear it. the blues all night long like he used to. The dusted poncho bit down south ended up in Lefty's mouth. A day they laid poor Poncho low, left his split for Ohio. So as, as like an Americana musician, Lauren, and again, I, 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 I'm not trying to label you as a musician or label what you're creating, but is there like a certain weight in the genre that you're playing to tell a story? Do you find that you have like, how how are you approaching that? Do you feel like you, if you're playing in the genre, it almost has to tell a story to stay in that genre? Or is there a certain weight to that kind of idea? Hmm. That's interesting because, um, like I was saying earlier, I, I didn't listen to specific, I listened to country music that was on the radio. I listened to pop music and, you know, it was very much this top 20 spread that you'd hear on the radio. Mm. And then I started learning more about Americana and folk music. And I started searching for the roots to the roots music I was listening to. So I got a hold of uh, John and Alan Lomax's, uh, folk recordings from the twenties and thirties Cool. and started yeah, yeah, going yeah. through that. And, um, one of my songs, Polly off of my EP light dark mm. is in- inspired by an old folk recording called wicked Polly that came out of the South. And I, I, it struck me that yes, to your point, they're all about stories. This is an oral tradition. Um, this is a way for people to not only entertain their families, mm. but to pass on their stories to the next generation. So I think that's, now that you put it that way, that's probably why I was so drawn to Roots music, mm. S- specifically the emotion of the blues and the storytelling of folk music where start you know from start to finish it's just a a, a storyline um without you know the pop structure of a mm-hmm. first chorus bridge chorus that kind of thing right so yeah and i i think it's because i i love stories i mm-hmm. i i want to i'm fascinated by stories i think they're the most interesting thing about me <laughs> you know like i to, to, to recall stories and express them in song mm. uh, is really empowering. Like the story about my mom, though it's, of course, it's shrouded in metaphor. And I, I wouldn't say it's in the folk tradition where there's a lot, typically more detail. Like there's an Emmylou Harris song in here called Red Dirt Girl, which is mm. um, much more of a vivid story. But yeah, I... I that's probably my draw to Americana music is the storytelling aspect because yeah, I, I do think that if you're going to be an Americana artist, you have to be in love with stories. Mm. You have to, you have to feel a draw compulsion to tell stories 
it is very specific to that genre. But again, I think it goes back to like what I was saying with the Lomax, the Lomax father son duo. And right. of course they were just the, the ones to publish them, to popularize them. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's always, it's always been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you can hear it in, I mean, you can hear that storytelling and it, it just influences so much music and like rock music. And I know that they're, they're not an American band, but even like Iron Maiden are like metal storytellers. I mean, they have a mm-hmm. a song about the rhyme of the ancient Mariner poem and they have like, just like stories and literally all of their songs. It's exhausting. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it, it's, it's just like, it's so cool seeing those connections between traditional like acoustic guitars and mandolin and violin of, and lyrics of just storytelling going from like crunchy, distorted, screaming vocals, uh, scream or crunchy, distorted guitars and screaming vocals. Um, just like those connections. Cause I mean, ultimately it's all connected. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. You think about bluegrass music and, you know, how many notes can you play? Yeah. <laughs> a, oh, totally. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in two minutes, you know, oh. and, and, and the tempo of these songs too. I, yeah. I mean, there's, you can't help but see a clear connection yeah. between, yeah, between like a mandolin solo and oh, then, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. a guy ripping a solo on like an Ibanez with a Marshall stack, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a metal yeah. band. Steve Vai with his pierced nipples. <laughs> just ripping butt (laughs) yeah there's actually there's actually a great mastodon song that has like a literal bluegrass breakdown and then they just oh interesting so awesome oh so good anyway sorry adam uh go ahead uh what song would you like to play off this playlist? yes the this discussion is actually it dovetails nicely into the song i would like to uh play as annabelle lee uh by sarah gerard's I don't know. Jerose, yeah. Jerose, okay. Oh, I, Adam. So part part of like, so I I, I love the song, um, but it's also because if I'm not mistaken, the lyrics are actually an Edgar Allan Poe poem. Mm. And yes, so right. So it's like this crossover between like an iconic American poet and a contemporary Americana music musician. But then, so I, I've, I've discovered Sarah because I love my parents listened to nickel Creek nonstop. And so when nickel Creek kind of broke up and then um, I'm with her was formed. That's how I found Sarah Jarreau's because of her connection is like the, the connect the dots as far as like musicians that I've, that I've gone through. So yeah, she's in the band with, um, yeah, I, with the, I'm with, with her. The, yeah. With Sarah Watkins. The, yes, uh, exactly. Of, of Nickel Creek. Yeah. Right. So yeah. That, that's, cool. that's, that's how I figured I was like, Oh yeah. I like, I recognize that name. Uh, I'm like mm-hmm. many, but yeah, we, we, we can play that. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's an eerie song. Me. 
So what struck you about this song, Adam? So I I I really like her voice. Um, I'm also a sucker for a uh, for a good fiddle in the middle of a song. <laughs> um, Adam always says that, <laughs> even when he's in a business meeting, he's like, "I wish this business meeting had more fiddle." <laughs> um, but no, the the. So I, I really like the instrumental the the instrumental parts and once again based on like the last episode that we had like clearly my taste in America and Americana music uh, rests more on the bluegrass ish side so that's it's 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 what really struck me about this song and like I said I I found the connection between the poet you know between the poem written by Edgar Allan Poe and how it kind of has morphed into once again this song by a contemporary Americana artist. I find that fascinating and perhaps a little bit indicative about this musical genre in general. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was a great song to play after our yeah after our conversation about yeah about how stories are just inherently part of American roots music, um, and 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 writers as well. Uh, and American writers and 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 being inspired by folklore and yeah because this Annabelle Lee song strikes me as or it it sounds like a child ballad too mm-hmm. from across the ocean uh, in the UK mm-hmm. or in Ireland yeah this is yeah. this is one of my favorite songs of hers so and that that actually uh begs another question for you lauren is like for artists like sarah like you know like sarah watkins like any do do you view them as contemporaries kind of in as as far as uh, maybe positioning is, is is the wrong term but as far as like how how you view your art and how you interact with the broader americana scene if you will Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because some of these artists, though I would call them Americana, they fit, they can, they can sort of put on different hats. Mm-hmm. So with Sarah Jaros, I, I would say that she can more easily transition back into bluegrass. In fact, that's how she mm-hmm. got her start. So it makes sense. So, you know, she would be at Merle Fest, whereas... Right you know, like Gary Clark Jr. wouldn't be. But (laughs) they could both be at the Americana Hmm. Festival. You know, they could both be a part of the Americana Association, which is out of Nashville, of course. Um, Whereas um, Gary Clark Jr. could be at a classic blues festival. Mm -hmm. But of course, I mean, you get what I'm saying. So I... I don't know exactly where I fit. And I think that's kind of an issue. Um, you know, this was a really cool thing when CMT added me to one of their like up and coming, like country voices, something like that playlist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I mean, of course that's super flattering. CMT is one of like the premier places to listen to and learn about country music. But I thought, Am I, am I a country artist? And, and, you know, some people have labeled me blues. And, um, and so, of course, I just settle on Americana. And more specifically, I like Roots Rock, mm-hmm. which I would label 
yeah, like Lydia Loveless is in there. She's like a Roots Rock, old 97s. There's a band that actually I didn't put them in here, but Larkin Poe hmm. is a sister duo. Um, amazing blues musicians. One plays lap steel, which I love. So I've, you know, people are like, oh, who, who could you, who would you want to go on tour with? Mm-hmm. You know, who, and I think, yeah, like a contemporary, I, I would think that would be a good fit or yeah, like a Lydia Loveless or, I mean, of course I would love to go on tour with Lucinda Williams. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, I think she, she, she straddles that line really well of rock country blues and that's what i think about roots rock is that it is all of those things mm-hmm. I, I will say like the when kind of in leading up to the recording this episode and literally i would go through just listening to your ep over and over just to get familiarized and, and not just your your most recent ep but kind of your 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 body of work at least what's on spotify um and i couldn't quite place you and I, I think that made, I wouldn't say it made me uncomfortable as a, is, is not the right term, but I was like, huh? Like there are definitely songs that sound a little more country-esque and others that sound a little more like bluesy. And I was like, oh, this is, it was neat to see that dynamic change from song to song, which you just don't see as much of in my, in my opinion. So kudos to you. Cause you, 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 you puzzled me for a little bit. <laughs> Adam, oh, thanks. Adam maybe spent about like five hours trying to figure out <laughs> what, <laughs> what your music was, Lauren. He did not sleep Pl- last night. Well, please let me know when you figure it out. <laughs> but I, again, I think that's kind of the beauty of releasing EPs is, is um, having a, a medium to, you just put out songs, a collection of songs where you haven't quite made up your mind yet mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of specific style or voice or that kind of thing. And I think I'm, I think I'm getting there. So I, I, I don't know. We'll see what the next one, if it'll be as varied, but of course, varied under the Americana umbrella. Gotcha. Do, do you feel an internal, an internal pressure to figure that out sooner rather than later? Like, do, like, are there, hmm. is there external pressure to figure that out as far as like putting out an <laughs> album and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, I think I, I, I was a bit hard on myself or I have been hard on myself uh, about, yeah. Like why can't you just come up with, like, why can't you fuse all of this together into to, to something that's a bit more cohesive? Um, but I think it's just taken, yeah, I think it's just taken this amount of time um, and now, I think I mentioned, yeah, that I'm writing new songs now and, I, and, and they are, they're definitely more cohesive and, and still a little different. So yeah, I, I guess I try not to put too much pressure on myself and just let what comes out come out because I find, yeah, if I'm, if I'm thinking too hard about it, if I'm trying to put something, put my music into a box, it's not, I'm not going to like it. It's not going to sound very good. Sure. Well, hopefully I didn't, by asking that question, I didn't send you into like a panic attack spiral. <laughs> I mean, it's no, like, it's like Lauren, Lauren had writer's block for the next year and a half. Why? Well, she went on that stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she may, she may claim that anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll sorry. blame it on you guys if I do. Yeah, right. Please. Exactly. Now I have a convenient excuse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> stupid passion fruits. 
Uh, we should have warned you at, at the top, Lauren, that we're gonzo journalists and we get to the bottom of everything. So we apologize if we're asking the tough questions. Yeah, right. Having, giving me these existential crises yeah. to deal with. Anytime. Um, Adam, I really appreciate you playing that song. Uh, Lauren, we look forward to the uh, Cask of Amontillado song on your next EP because you'll get inspired by <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, no. <laughs> or maybe The Raven or The Mask of the right. Red Death. <laughs> hey, um, man, it's 2020. That seems par for the course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Right? We need um, some more Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, is there a song you would like to play for us off this playlist? Hmm. Well, did you say that you wanted to play Robert Ellis? Oh, sure. Yeah, I have a very specific part of Robert Ellis that I would like to play. Um, yeah, the breakdown. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So this was like, yeah. I was listening to this in my car. So this is how it starts. I'll start playing it, and then we can get to the really crunchy part. So listen in this song, like, and it comes as the after the Las Vegas that we heard earlier with Graham Parsons and Emily Harris. Um, so, and it's like you said, Lauren Robert Ellis is a contemporary Americana roots blues music artist. It's like, it's almost the main part of the song is almost very kind of like formal, like that beat and I'll turn it up a little bit but that beat when he's playing is playing two kids so in love but in vain I have found like you'll hear that on like so many other types of country Americana roots music and like that emphasis on that beat it's just like not like cliche but it's like so formal I was like, this is, and like, he's again, telling the story about like breaking up with whoever he's with and trying to move out of Houston and leaving Houston. And, um, but what would you like to talk about with this song, Lauren? And then we can get to kind of the breakdown. Um, sure. Yeah. So like I said, I think Robert Ellis is one of the most, one of the more exciting Americana artists right now. Mm -hmm. And he has I, I've I've heard a few interviews with him, different podcasts, and he has such a wide variety of music that he listens to, hmm. and he's such a proficient musician. He is hmm. an insane guitarist. I've seen him live a few times, um, and an amazing pianist too. Uh, hmm. He just released an album, or I guess it's like a year old now, hmm. uh, called Texas Piano Man, and it's this character he plays in an all white suit with white text with a white cowboy hat and i and he, he and he wrote all of his songs on piano but he is an insane guitarist and his guitarist he has another guitarist in his band and he is incredible and you can tell that they have a like a formal training in in, mm. in jazz or in some kind of more technical 
field or genre, um, if you will. I'm just in awe of his musicianship, of his abilities, mm. and then also his songwriting mm. um, is so original in a field where, like I said, you know, it's just everyone is kind of trying to find their own kind of fusion. What is Americana? to them, even though no one's consciously doing that. But I think he just has a really unique voice in the Americana scene. And he's just such a bad musician that he's, he's just undeniable. You mean bad, mind. you mean bad butt musician, right, Lauren? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> he's such a bad butt. <laughs> he's got a bad booty. <laughs> That's, oh my God. that's for you, Jack. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, let's go to the breakdown real quick and we kind of can kind of yes, talk about technicality, that technical proficiency that he has. Let me see if I've got it. Hearing that when I, and I, I don't know, I haven't listened to Robert Ellis, but I'm going to listen to his albums after this. Um, <laughs> because like listening to that, I was like, this is like a, it's jazz. It, it's like a jazz chord progression that he's been following before, but then just like crunchy guitar soloing over it. But like, mm-hmm. if like, if like he changed the scale just a little bit would fit perfectly over like, any metal song and it's again you were talking about his technical prowess it's just like it's not even like he's playing like cliche licks that you would hear on a guitar it's just like this crunchy technical Mm -hmm. sound so but it's like still like so soulful over the chord progression that they have it's just Mm -hmm. i I was Mm -hmm. like rocking along in my car and i was like thank goodness lauren introduced me to robert ellis because this i was it was awesome i really really enjoyed that song oh awesome yeah i'm i'm so glad yeah when you're talking about jazz too that whole soloing section is so improvisational too Mm -hmm. which of course is rooted in jazz and he's bringing all of that to as you stated in the beginning and he has other songs like this too, where he'll, mm-hmm. the majority of the song will be one thing and will lead, lead you into a trance in a way. Mm. Mm. Totally. Uh, like a rhythmic trance where it's repetitive. It has, it's, it has kind of a similar tempo the entire time. And like you were talking about the, the drum beat. Yeah. Um, and then he'll just whip out something like this and it, it, it's so impactful. You should listen to Westbound Train from, okay. I think it's his first, oh, it's, it's, it's not as jazz fusion-y as that, mm. but it just has this surprise ending that will just, yeah, you'll cool. be rocking out to it as well. 
Awesome. We, we've taken a lot of your time, Lauren. Um, and we've barely like, this is, uh, and in the passion fruits podcast style, this playlist is, uh, two hours and 23 minutes long. <laughs> is that like y'all's too? Oh, yeah. Pretty much. I, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to stop. It's so, yeah. Adam, you want to play another song and Lauren, if you want to play another song and then we can uh, finish up with a Lauren Calv song, we could do that if you guys want to. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm okay. I mean, I think for for sake of time, I, I'd say we personal. I, I would say like we we finish off like a Lauren song if that sounds good to the two of you all. Okay, I say that. Is that all right, yeah. Lauren? Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I, I. Um. So if you're okay with it, can we play the song "Be My Home" from your other your earlier EP, um, mm-hmm. "Dark"? If you are okay with that. Yeah, that's the one I included in here because it has kind of a bluegrassy totally. bend to it. I think it's, yeah, I think it's more classic Americana. Cool. All right. I will play that and we can talk about it a little bit and then we can get into recommendations. Is there anything you want to discuss about this song, Lauren? This is um, probably the a more personal song. It has mm-hmm. more to do with like my own personal history. I was born in Kansas. Um, I've always been drawn to the Midwest, to the wide open spaces. Um, and so that's what the song is about. It's about the kind of spiritual home. Hmm. that we all have those places that really feel like home cool. and then of course living in D- when i was living in dc at the time it was kind of like this desire to get out of the city and to just get back in nature something i'm, I'm sure we're all feeling a little bit more of now that yeah. we're all <laughs> cooped up um yeah so uh um yeah so that, that that song was definitely inspired by especially that riff uh that could, the, the acoustic guitar mm. strumming pattern, I guess I, I should say, is kind of a bluegrassy kind of thing. I, um, I, I was going to say, I hear the, uh, comparing it to the uh, Sarah Jarreau song we heard earlier, like that um, beginning mm. kind of strum pattern is like, uh, yeah, I, I consider you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because it's kind of like, yeah, it, it kind of does mimic the banjo in a way. Yeah. That kind of, I don't know what you call it, but like, um, yeah, the alternating, picking, mm. strumming kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, it, it goes back to what I was saying beforehand, kind of when I was listening through Lauren to, to your 
to your musical works. It's uh, I, I really like the song and it's, it's just, yeah, I, I like that kind of more folksy feel in it. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but once again, like listening to like the entirety of light dark, it was, it was like, Oh, like there are different snippets of, of different inspirations that I can hear and mm-hmm. that resonate with my personal musical taste, which I thought was really cool. So cool uh, nice thanks yeah. lauren please put that on your next music review adam of passion fruits podcast <laughs> likes that folksy feel <laughs> i'm i'm nothing if not eloquent right you know <laughs> no, it's adam, great. I, adam is a modern day wordsmith <laughs> oh boy um let me uh thank you so much lauren let me yeah. stop the yeah thank you all share. so much yeah so again, Lauren Calve is a singer-songwriter, Americana roots musician. Um, her new EP is out uh, now called Wildfire. Her single, Better Angels, inspired by Abraham Lincoln's speech on the eve of the Civil War, was featured in CMT's The Roundup and CMT Next Women of Country Spotify playlist. She's everywhere. You need to listen to her. If you're not listening to her, you need to be checking her out because she is an important voice in this troubled times we lead and live in. And Lauren, we really appreciate you talking with us. And again, could talk for hours about this and we'll have you on again, definitely. Um, If she's willing to come on. Yeah, if you're willing to. (laughs) Oh, this has been fun. No, this has been awesome. Um, Obviously, you got me talking about one of my favorite subjects, if not most favorite subject ever. So I could talk about it for hours too yeah. trust me but this was yeah this was great thank you so much daniel adam for having me yeah so before you leave we usually do a recommendation section where we recommend something that we're into that may or may not relate to the subject that we've been talking about is there anything that you've been jamming on recently that you would like to recommend to us that we mm. should listen to and check out or watch or read or check out i've been um listening to a lot of grimes yeah i've just been listening to a bunch of different stuff now that we're in the house more yeah like what else is there to do just listen to a bunch of music um and and yeah i've just i've been super into her 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 album art angels cool um mm-hmm. it's kind of a great mesh of electronic and pop music cool. and I, I, she produces everything herself. She's amazing. She's, uh, I don't, yeah. It's like as a, as a roots musician, you know, I'm used to like hearing these, uh, instruments I can decipher and label and I can't, you know, it's electronic music kind of fascinates yeah. me in that way. Cool. Very sweet. Cool. Adam, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I mean, I, I texted you this earlier this week, but it's uh, Kid Cudi and Eminem just came out with a new single mm. called "The Adventures of Moon Man," and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I think like every kid our age, we listened to at least a little bit of Eminem, Eminem when oh, we were yeah. younger. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I've been fascinated by and really, really enjoy Kid Cudi's music and just like his his personal version of hip hop that it that he puts out. Um, so it was, it's a, it's a really cool collaboration. I, I really like the song and I hope they do more of it, but I would highly recommend it. I think it's, uh, uh, the adventures of moon man and slim shady is, cool. the, is like the single. 
Sweet. Oh, cool. Yeah, check that out. And I will recommend to you guys the new Andy Samberg movie, Palm Springs on Hulu. It is awesome. Just, it's really, really good. And not like a crazy Andy Samberg, ridiculous stuff. Um, kind of more grounded as an actor. And we watched it over the weekend and it, it's awesome. Very funny. Lauren, do you want to plug anything before we go? Yeah, if you're interested in learning more, uh, please visit me on Spotify and stream the album or wherever you stream. And I am online as well as, you know, we're kind of, I have some, a few virtual performances coming up that I'll be announcing soon. So um, look out for that. Yeah. And we'll uh, post the playlist that you made for us on our podcast description. Uh, and so, yes, this was Lauren Calve on our podcast. We're Passion Fruits Podcast. We're everywhere you can find podcasts. We are everywhere on social media. If you don't know it by now, then you don't know it and you don't care. Thank you so much for everybody for stopping by. Lauren, seriously, thank you so much. This was amazing. Uh, we really you appreciate so you much. hanging out with us. And uh, we will see you guys another time. Thank you.